0: Well, this will be a little different today, Rebecca, for reasons that will be obvious to our viewers in a second. Um, we've had a couple of days to digest this. Ordinarily, Dr. Gary Siegel uh, bats cleanup for us. Today he's hitting lead off. And he writes, uh, "Dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm afraid that I have an update on my status on the injury list. You might recall he wasn't feeling well. You'll note this email is sent on Sunday night instead of Monday. However, I maintain consistency with a list of points for discussion below. And he enumerates his email as always. One, after last week's back trouble, I found myself a bit unsteady and disoriented. My family convinced Reed bullied me to be taken to the ER, where I was found to have a suspicious brain tumor. I have been in the hospital in Atlanta since, and am awaiting a biopsy for a diagnosis and a treatment plan, and even worse, am behind in the last two podcasts. Ha. <laughs> I don't know whether you wish to share this with the viewers or keep it amongst us friends, but either one is fine with me. So, with his permission, we've shared that with uh, listeners who, I think, like us, feel they've come to know Dr. Siegel over the last, what, three or four years now? Mm -hmm. Uh, Two, writing on my behalf and cc'd on this email is my daughter, a graduate of Hamilton College, a writing school founded in honor of the famous writer Alexander Hamilton. It's considered by some to be a Little Ivy. I'm bragging about her, and she's typing this verbatim under duress. I mean, picture that. Yes. And God bless Dr. Siegel for uh, c- continuing to enumerate and and uh, express his pride in his family, as he always does in these emails. Three, I can't type worth a flip. At this at present, uh, my daughter has been deputized my communications director for the immediate future to respond to any of uh, your replies. Four, thank you for your thoughts and good wishes, and I look forward to returning to our natural communications cadence ASAP. I had different words, but my daughter edited that line. Five, I insisted that she press send at this point without proofing. Again, his proofreading uh, concerns. I was overruled, like most instances, for the last 36 years. Six, please give my thanks to Denny. All the best, Gary with two R's. P.S. She doesn't listen to the podcast despite multiple persuasion attempts. P.P.S. Neither does the rest of my family. So um we, we we of course replied to Dr. Siegel um you know uh, expressing our uh, concern our our uh, prayers and wishes and gratitude for his contributions and um and we look forward as he does to resuming them soon.
1: And he mentions the thoughts and wishes of uh of the other listeners, and I, I am somebody who does believe in the power of prayer. So I just ask all of our listeners, um, if you are a praying person, to keep Doctor Siegel in your thoughts.
0: Um, yes, his his family has always been on our fridge, and now they're they're in our uh, in our prayers as well. Um, this you mentioned. I think Denny mentioned that this is our two hundred and fiftieth episode, and um, you know, I would say. The vast, vast majority of listeners don't write into the don't write into viewer mail. The those who do, you know, we've come to know many of them as kind of regular contributors. Not know them in you know in person. Have never met them, but
1: feel like we know them to a yeah, degree.
0: Feel like I know them in real life in many ways, and uh, none more so than than Dr. Siegel, who's you know we've we've joked about uh typographical errors and and um, you know sometimes uh being oblivious to mrs dr Siegel and and his family not listening all of which are super charming and um, uh, and you know I do feel like we've you know come to know him a little bit but especially as a as a force for good a guy who's delivering babies on Sunday night and then also trying to cram for the for his uh, and delivering F one
1: recaps on Monday. Delivering
0: F one recaps or, on Monday exactly, and um, and so, um, and the regular cast of characters in, in viewer mail, and so. Uh, got this email from him, and I uh, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, I think, and uh, um, and I don't we don't check the the mail between podcasts. So before I read his email and before we responded to him uh I was at uh, our youngest's basketball tournament this weekend an hour away in in North Haven Connecticut and um you know just on this theme of the of of the listeners and this kind of small extended family of listeners I was sitting in the bleachers at in the gym, North Haven High School before North Haven Middle School, I think it was before um, watching our middle schooler. Before watching our middle schooler, and uh, a girl on the other team came bounding up into the bleachers. I don't, I don't know why. Certainly not to, not, uh, not to me. But then she bounded up to me and said, "Mr. Russian, I'm Julianne, your kid reporter." I mean, it was it was just it was incredible.
1: And she was on the team that was playing against our daughter's team. Yeah, and then team. she
0: played against our daughter's team. You said was, she played great. She's a great hooper. Yeah, she was. You know, and um, uh, the game was abandoned in <laughs> with ten minutes left when the referee decided he didn't want to be there anymore. Gave a technical to somebody in the in the crowd for recording the game or him on on her phone, and then he left uh so we they kind of the kids kind of scrimmaged the rest of the way and then afterwards um we took a photo uh of our daughter and and Julianne together and uh you know and it, 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 it so when we got Dr. Siegel's email and you know sort of real life intrudes on the on the podcast in the you know most moving way possible um and then Denny said this was the 250th you know, episode of this. I couldn't have have guessed within 100 episodes how many of these we've done, but it did uh, hit home that, you know, these voices we hear through email are real human beings, and we've gotten to know them a little bit over the years.
1: One of the reasons that you took our daughter to her basketball game instead of me taking her, I believe, was because I was uh, in Brooklyn calling a New York Liberty game, and... um, before the game, a woman came over and mentioned that she is the ball and chain listener who wrote in a while ago um, and mentioned how you interrupt me. And she said, but I've noticed he's been much better about that. So many of our listeners are making our, uh, our us better people and our lives better in many ways.
0: And and, and calling us out on um, the stuff that we say. So we do appreciate that. And And Rebecca, uh, as I'm sitting here and we're talking, and I I went into the viewer mail immediately so that I could read Dr. Siegel's email as he'd written it because I couldn't paraphrase h- any of his emails nearly as as well as he as he writes them. Um, you know, I mentioned Julianne at the at the game. Well, the next morning, this was a tournament, so the next morning, Sunday morning, we had to be back there at 8 a.m. Or a nine o'clock game, and I was standing in the corner of the gym, just so I can kind of pace and tune out all of the all of the noise. And I, so I was sharing this corner of the gym next to the bleachers with a toddler who was adorable and running around, and uh, and her parents who were on the bleachers. Well, listen to this. I'm going to read this viewer mail. Um, you know, before we get to viewer mail, and it says because it's on this theme. Hi, Steve and Rebecca. I'm bummed I missed my opportunity today to say hello to Steve in person when our daughters played each other this morning in North Haven. I realized later we were sitting right near you. We have the 3-year-old redhead that was causing a minor ruckus in the corner. Perfect. I mean, This I, is
1: the day after we, our daughter played against Julianne.
0: next morning, and, and, and uh, I was sharing this empty space in the corner of the gym next to the bleachers with, I mean... It was her space. It was the only space you could run around and still be in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of intruding on her space. But uh, uh, with this three-year-old redhead, my older daughter has lived in fear of playing your daughter since I mentioned offhand that you had a 12-year-old playing AAU and that she is 5'11", based on the listing of your family's heights from a previous episode. I thought both teams played well, despite your team's solid win. In fact, what is what is what is our youngest? She's 5'9"? She's not that?
1: quite 5'11". Oh, yeah.
0: but... but uh, doing the math, which we've been struggling to do on the total family height, that would that would be a solid um, assumption.
1: She'll be she'll be close to that
0: in a couple of right.
1: weeks, most likely.
0: Hope this doesn't sound as stalkerish as I fear it might. I so enjoy your podcast. That, that, not at all. Thanks, Liz. Liz, thank you. Um, I I know exactly uh, uh, where you're sitting, who you are, and and your daughter was was delightful. The um, that entire game. So, uh, real people, um, and real listeners who, who we've gotten to know in a tiny way or, or in a more significant way. And, um, Dr. Siegel is the, uh, epitome of those viewers and that extended family that has made, uh, doing this, uh, gratifying, a joy and, um, and the reason that we do it, that we continue to do it for 250 episodes. So as I told Dr. Siegel, he is in our prayers. His family is, uh, his family, his grandchildren, his uh, extended Mardi Gras uh, crew. I mean, they've been on our fridge now for a couple of years, I think. And Dr. Siegel has sent us, he sent me a sheet of stamps, of Yogi Berra stamps when they came out that I'm, I don't, want to use any of them because it's, uh, it's like a beautiful piece of art, this this one sheet of, of Yogi Berra stamps. He sent us... I actually opened up a letter today yeah. and it had it, it
1: the stamp used was a Yogi Berra I stamp. I saw
0: that on the kitchen counter. Were you mm-hmm. mailing that back or something? Yeah, I think yeah, somebody I, sent me a card I to sign. I saw that on the counter and my first thought was Dr. Siegel. I mean, it's it's weird the connections you make in your brain, but now I, I see uh, that Yogi Berra stamp and I immediately think, think of Dr. Siegel. So keep him in your thoughts and um you know we'll definitely pass along the listeners best wishes to dr siegel and his family
1: usually when i run into listeners it's because i'm on the road somewhere whether i'm in phoenix calling a game or this past weekend in brooklyn calling a game you were on the road this past week out in minnesota did you uh meet any viewer mailers while you were in minnesota you
0: know i i I was out there visiting my dad and my, my siblings, um, but I also did a book event in Wilmer, Minnesota. a couple of hours outside the Twin Cities. It was a fundraiser for their library. It was a great great event, two other authors who I really enjoyed uh, uh, hearing. And I ran into so uh, of course, I ran into readers there. It was an event for readers and we signed books afterwards. But I also ran into uh, plenty of Rebecca Lobo stands. While I was out there, including a guy who came up to me at dinner and said, uh, uh, "I've been a Yukon Husky fan since '94." Rebecca and and I told I told her this later. Rebecca and Jenny Rosati, Jenny and, Rosati? yeah and Jenny Rosati and Jen laughed at that. Uh, uh, you know, made me a Yukon fan. And of course, you know, I he said I, I saw Paige Beckers play a few times live in high school and. And um, so, yeah, it's interesting at these events, like um, a guy handed me a sheet of, well, you know, nine baseball cards and a plastic sheet, and each one had some significance. or so Somebody who was uh, from the area, plus, you know, uh, twins and Vikings of my now distant youth, and, and um, uh, a card of Halsey Hall, the twins' radio announcer, in the, going back to the 1960s, and, and um, so... Uh, um, you know, it was a nice event, but I was you for the week. I, I had a um, very early morning flight, as you frequently do, but you usually slip out, out of the house under cover of darkness. Without the disturbing
1: airport. a single other person in the home.
0: Somehow even uh, don't disturb the dogs who then don't disturb us.
1: I, I set my watch alarm so that it just buzzes on yeah. my wrist so that nothing is loud, wakes up nobody else. I've packed the night before. Everything's ready. I just get dressed, shower if I feel like I need a shower and slip out. Yes, the dogs never even come downstairs. No. I just leave, you guys do not know I'm gone.
0: So I did the same thing, a uh, ninja out of the house. What I did was I I showered late night the night before, eleven thirty PM.
1: You came to the I room around ten thirty or eleven at night and said you hadn't packed yet. Right. Although earlier in the day, your your uh suitcase, your rolly suitcase was on the bed, yeah, and it's like my that. one giant pet peeve because that thing gets rolled through your urine and everything else throughout an airport. Rolly bags should I, never I, be on a I, bed, I, I like ever. To, I like to ever. go
0: into the men's room at the airport and set my canvas rolly bag on its side just to soak up as much germs as I so can. Of
1: course, the wheels are going to roll through all kinds I, of inexplicables, I, and so why you would, or unmentionables, why you would put it on the bed, I don't know. I hope it never happens again, but anyway... Like when I'm flying out early the next in, in the morning, I pack like usually midday the day before. You came in; it was I was already in bed. It's like eleven o'clock, and you pack. So, you oh, packed, so, so I pack.
0: I showered, showered, shaved, put everything that I I needed to change into, laid it out. Mm-hmm. All I had to do was grab my toothbrush, brush my teeth, throw it in the shaving kit, throw that in my suitcase, and then grab my watch, phone, and wallet off my nightstand. This is under cover of darkness. I was leaving at 4:30 in the morning for a 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. flight.
1: So you set your alarm on your phone, really, really loud. I'm sorry. You yeah. didn't. You didn't set your watch alarm like I do. You set your phone. So at 4:30, and it's not waking you up. So I had to say, Steve, I, I had your di- alarm's going. Off. I had
0: difficulty falling asleep, and when I fell asleep, I was in a in a. I was uh, completely comatose. Yeah. So anyway, I you. Went off. So, I, so, so, you, so I, grabbed, I woke up at 4.30. I I, 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 I my teeth. I wake you
1: up. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I just want to make sure I'm painting the uh, appropriate picture
0: here. I mean, the woman you met, I was interrupting you. Was that the yes. Go. accusation? Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I did was grab all the stuff off of my nightstand that I needed and I was off. I got in my car. I was driving to the airport when I realized were I patted. The, were the pat, dogs still sleeping? Yes. Okay, I patted good. my pocket to make sure I had my phone. And I did. But I didn't have my wallet.
1: Hmm.
0: And so I raced back home. Now I have no margin for error because I'm not going to find a parking spot. And I ransacked our.
1: You came into the room. Loudly.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Turned on lights. Yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't turn on lights. I used my phone flashlight. Okay. And then uh, couldn't find it. Went back to the car to see if I had, in my sleepy state, thrown all that stuff into my suitcase or my backpack. And I couldn't find it there. So I ran back upstairs. And anyway, 15 minutes later, I did find... A lot
1: of loud, loud thumping through the house.
0: Well, it was moot at this point. I wasn't going to make my flight... If I had to go to the parking garage, but I did find my wallet with my with my driver's license in it, and and you were kind enough. What was at that point. what
1: was mo- at this point? You you running through the house loudly, because there there were children asleep sleep who had to go to school later that day. Well, anyway, so. you you. I, I, what would you say? 15, 15 it 15, minutes? It was fifteen minutes. So fifteen I,
0: minutes of of uh, of high anxiety.
1: Yes. So f- I, when you finally found it in your luggage. Because you put it there in the morning.
0: It was in the the little sleeve in the back of the backpack that holds the laptop. So So.
1: between when you woke up and left the house 15 minutes later, you had forgotten, or you just did it and weren't thinking about it. So I said, all right, I'll I'll drive you to the airports because you may not have made your flight if you had had to find a parking space. I wouldn't have, yeah.
0: Mm. So let me just, it was very kind of you, but when I got to the airport, now frantic and not... The plane was boarding at 520, but it was 520 when I got to the TSA line. And a gentleman, I heard a gentleman in in the very long line from a distance. I heard him saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And as he was getting closer, I heard him saying, excuse me, can I go ahead of you? I'm trying to catch a 528 flight. Excuse me, can I go ahead of you? I'm trying to catch a 528 flight. It's 520, okay? And he was just swim moving past the people as he said this. And he got to me, and he said without breaking straight, excuse me, can I go past you? I'm trying to catch a 528 flight. This is this is 520 in the morning. Everybody in line is obviously trying to catch a flight, right. right? And I don't think I said anything. I may have let out a sigh or, or theatrically rolled my eyes or something. But as he was passing, he said, excuse me, I'm trying to get... And he, he kind of looked at me as I reacted, however I reacted, and said, sorry. Like, like... Like, what's your problem? All, I'm doing, all I'm doing is skipping the security line ahead of everybody else who's trying to make a flight. So people are interesting. Then, of course, I got on the flight. It was, uh, it was uh, uh, very early. It was, it was 5.20 when I boarded. And, and I heard a gentleman uh, ask for uh, uh, a gin and juice, Say gin, and, an OJ. And I thought, yeah, it's good to be back in the... In the air travel system. Anyway, it was a lovely trip in Minnesota, and um, and the school got out yesterday. So we're instead of being less pressed for time, we're even more pressed for time than usual because uh, kids now need to get places during even the early, yeah, during yeah. the day. So, so with that in mind, um, let's get to VR mail, shall we? We shall. So, our our first, first viewer mail. Um, well, actually, our first viewer mail comes from uh, our friend and neighbor Ken, who's inviting us to uh, to join people in Granby, Connecticut, on uh, Saturday, June 17th, for the Juneteenth celebration. That. Um, that Ken, I know, was instrumental in organizing last year. And it was fantastic last year. And um, they've added a three-on-three basketball tournament this year, uh, hosted by NBA veteran Yukon UConn alum A.J. Price. Nice. So um, anybody's in this neck of the woods. Um, Saturday, June 17th, 3 to 9, 30 p.m. Rain date is Sunday, June 18th. And uh, it was a lot of fun last year. And... Uh, a great addition to um, the uh, the summer calendar here in uh, what are we, North Central Connecticut? Yes. So thank you, Ken. Dear Ball Plus Plus Chain, there are two plus marks. One is gray, one is red. Take your pick of the plus sign font color. Writes bomb to bomb diggity. And uh, well, we'll go with a non-bootleg gray one. Regarding last week's no labels on the table your mail, your skepticism is well founded. Now, do you remember? You remember we said somebody had the rule of no labels on the table, yes, yes. And I thought it would be impossible to serve dinner without having any labels on the table. Mm-hmm. Maybe not impossible, but but way more time-consuming. Ketchup salad huh?
1: dressing. Those were yeah. a couple yeah, of the things really that were brought up.
0: Put your ketchup in a in a um, some kind of a ketchup uh, ketchup Tureen, terrine. Yes. Yeah. This paragon of etiquette is occasionally achieved at formal family functions, such as Thanksgiving dinner. However, in our quotidian struggle for existence, there is no decanting of sauces or dressings into tureens with tiny spoons. In fact, dinner is often eaten in front of the TV with a box of tissues serving double duty as a napkin dispenser. <laughs> Sincerely, Bomb to Bomb diggity in Huntersville, North Carolina. Well, oh, there, we've uh, we've solved that mystery.
1: Well, we succeed on Thanksgiving and Christmas without having any labels because you don't. Like usually, the the salad already has the dressing on it, or you don't have ketchup and those kind of condiments for for Thanksgiving meal.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we got a set of china for our wedding registry, or yeah, our, we registered for and it. Used it every Thanksgiving for for a long time, and um, it's just been sitting in a glass fronted cabinet then forever because you know we're not going to use it for for our as, as Bob puts it, our quotidian struggles uh for meals. Yeah. Oftentimes we're we're eating this stuff out of a bucket. <laughs> and not a not a KFC bucket. By the way, last night's Johnny Carson rerun, I think you had fallen asleep, was from nineteen eighty eight and there had been a writer's strike just there just as there is now. And some independent companies, including uh Carson Productions, had settled with their writers before the whole strike was settled. And um but Johnny said in his desk piece after the monologue that um, USA Today had solicited jokes from readers to submit to Johnny during the writers' strike. And though though they had settled the strike at that point, Johnny read some of them. I don't know if you heard any of that.
1: No, I didn't.
0: One of them was, uh, "How do we know that owls are smarter than chickens? You never hear about Kentucky Fried Owls." <laughs> so, there which you was go. a perfect uh, Carsonian joke, right? Uh, So, yes, we do eat from a bucket sometimes. Thank you, Bomb to Bomb Diggity. Our next comes from uh, Tom in Clayton, Missouri. Um, You'll you'll recall Tom worked the drive-through dairy in Los Angeles as a a young lad and had many adventures, which I think would make a great memoir. Dear Rebecca and Steve, I was going to attach a crude drawing of our drive-through dairy, but it may be simpler for all involved to just try to describe it. No special equipment was needed to, to alert me to the arrival of a customer. There was a large sliding glass door on either side of the building, much like one you probably have going out to your patio. Ah, the one that I weather stripped this week, Rebecca. Yes. That was always open during business hours. Customers just pulled up alongside the door. I was just inside the door, sitting on a stool in front of the table that held the cash register in about 10 or 15 feet away. Sometimes people might honk if you were in the back restocking shelves when they arrived, but for the most part, we were just there waiting for them. If you still can't picture this just google drive through dairy and you'll find some pictures of them it's interesting because you would think that this was in missouri but this was in los angeles he's in missouri now
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: as a coda to this eventually a delivery truck crashed into the store's overhang and the insurance settlement was enough to get my dad to take the money and run in effect the store was totaled on the final night my parents my three brothers and i and our spouses all were on hand and we opened a bottle of champagne when we locked the door for the final time to toast the end of an era in all of our lives isn't that interesting yeah i think they'd uncork a, a bottle of whole milk or something a glass bottle
1: i don't know what is it now i was my
0: well i i, I mean who knows something else you can inform us next week because yeah. uh google google earth it's such an interesting and easy thing to find out true Though, as we all knew, since the building was metal and there was no air conditioning, it got very hot inside very fast, and within a few minutes, we were all eager to get out of there before we passed out. My father then devoted his life to charity work, running our church's St. Vincent de Paul Society until he died. Wow. The store was torn down. Well, here you go, Rebecca. The here store The store was torn down, and the location is part of the parking. I mean, he's answering the very question that you asked, and he is tying this directly into our previous email And neither he nor I could possibly anticipate this. Are you ready for this? I am. The store was torn down and the location is part of the parking lot for the neighboring Kentucky Fried Chicken. Come on. Not a Kentucky Fried Owls. Right. Not a KFO. Where I picked up countless dinners over the years, I ate a lot of chicken. You can still see the outline of the store there in the parking lot, including the filled-in hole that once was the site of the in-floor safe. And my experiences at the store did not encourage me to leave Los Angeles. It merely encouraged me not to run a convenience store, which I think is very good advice for everyone. But enough about that. I always remember that stalactites hang tightly to the ceiling. Ah, and there's a rat in separate. I may use that mnemonic more than any other one. That there's a rat in separate. Separate. Nice. I C P A R A T E. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tom and Click. Tom, as always, thank you. That's uh it's fascinating. The drive through dairy. I, I uh Tough Schist. Lori writes, Steve, if I learned the less versus fewer less in the game show, 25 words or less should be 25 words or fewer. Correct? Correct. Yes, absolutely. I'll have to write to Meredith Vera and tell her that Steve Russian does not approve. Well, I mean, if your show is about words, let's let's use them properly, right? Right. And uh, our next Vieira mail comes from uh, our Chris, our resident something or other in Cheshire, Connecticut. Hey, Chris. Chris writes, hey, hello, Steve and Rebecca. As I'm watching the Liberty host the Wings this afternoon with my 11-year-old daughter, we are very excited for our first visit, for our visit to the sun to see the visiting Liberty in two weeks. Not our first visit, just our visit to the sun to see the visiting Liberty in two weeks. One question Samantha had as we listened to Rebecca call the game was whether she or any of the rest of the Russian clan is going to be in attendance that Tuesday night. As a completionist, you've both been the soundtrack to many family rides, so you're all pretty big deals to her. Rebecca, well. Will you be there? This was uh, this was four days ago, so it's not this because
1: today's a Thursday and uh, today the Connecticut Sun play Atlanta, so I'm guessing it's next week. I'm not working the game, but I don't know if I'll be there.
0: It's possible if If, one of of our kids wants
1: to go, we might be there.
0: Look for the the tall lady wearing. Wearing, <laughs> wearing her, her familiar face, I guess. Is, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, because um, who knows where we, you'd be in decent seats. I take it you, you called the Liberty Game uh, this past weekend, right? I did, On yes. On Sunday, and our two uh, older daughters accompanied you at, to the Barclays Center, they correct?
1: Did. They did.
0: I know this because late the night before, you were in Boston, coming back from Boston? Yes. And When all of this went down, and you asked me if I could... Uh, Go online and find two tickets to the Liberty Game for our daughters, which I which I then did.
1: So it looks like the game is Tuesday, June 27th.
0: Ooh, that's—one that's, that's uh, one of us will be moving our daughter out of her dorm. Yes. But— uh,
1: So we don't know. We might be there. We might not.
0: Well, we know who won't be there if, if we're moving our daughter out of her dorm that be You. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, We know we will see one of the best teams ever assembled, but a B and c setting would be the cherry on top of Sam's first pro sports event. Oh, it is first pro sports event. That's awesome.
1: That's amazing. Thank
0: you, as always, for the entertaining look into your lives and making us all feel a little more normal, um, I assume, by comparison. Best regards, Chris, our resident, something or other. Thank you, Chris. And if any of us is there, please do say hello. And um, in keeping with um, what we talked about at the top of the show, it's always nice to meet um, listeners in person especially those we've come to know through email. Good morning, and Re- Rebecca and Steve. We've just got a couple others. Not much to share with you both this week other than this column on cafeteria pizza, which you've recently discussed and even had a recipe shared with you. The key passage from, and there's a link to uh, hateraid.substack.com, the key passage to help make it easier to comply with those standards. The USDA Food and Nutrition Service has put out dozens of recipe booklets for school lunch program administrators to use, including, you guessed it, The pizza. Because of the School Lunch Act of 1946, all of the pizza had to be the same everywhere in the United States. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. I found that interesting and thought I'd share with you, writes uh, Matt from Fisher's Island. Uh, Thank you, Matt. That is interesting. And it's why, as Matt uh, divined, everybody had the same experience with school lunch pizza. The School Lunch Act of 1946, I mean, is that a real thing? It sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch, doesn't it? Yes. Do you suppose that also mandated that uh, that uh, you know pizza burgers and you know there, there were there were amendments to the school lunch act and, Maybe, and various things when when new uh, culinary phenomena came to to schools because remember we asked one of our son's friends and teammates a few years ago I asked him in the car and he goes to a different went to a different uh, grade school than our son what his favorite school lunch was and he said have you heard of Italian dunkers. Do you remember this? No. And uh, as we, we uh, discussed, discussed it some more, it became clear to me that Italian dunkers were cheese sticks dipped in a marinara sauce. Probably oh, right. Like a yes, ragu or yes, something. Yes, so, yes, yes. Um, so I had heard of cheese sticks and sauce, but in, in his school lunch, they were Italian dunkers. So so these things might have been an addenda to the School Lunch Act of 1946. I'm going to look that up. For next week, and um, our next our next viewer mail. Well, Rebecca, how about this? Our next viewer mail comes from Lenny in Stratford, Connecticut. Hello, Lenny. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Hello, Steve. Ecka. my name is Lenny, and I am Julianne's dad. Ah, I know hello. this because uh, he introduced himself after the game. So I guess that makes me the resident father of the resident kid reporter. Yes, it, ab- it absolutely does. I'm a longtime listener. Sadly, though, I am not a completionist like my wife. And I, I met Julianne's mother as well, Lenny's wife. She introduced herself before the game along with Julianne. I really enjoy listening to the Russian family anecdotes since I can draw so many comparisons to my own family. Steve, your humor is top shelf and makes me crack up while I listen. Thank you, Lenny. Although you predate me by a little bit, your references in your writing and on the podcast are very nostalgic. It was very uh, kind of Lenny uh, afterwards to cite a couple of things that I'd written. So that, that's you know when my ego is stroked like that. I, I remember those encounters. Uh, this past weekend, my family had the pleasure of meeting Steve at an AAU tournament where our daughters played against each other. I immediately knew that I had to write a you mail. a S- male. He, he did say that, that they were going to write in. Steve, you were most gracious in having a random person come up and say hello. Having read Stingray Afternoons and Nights in White Castle, I felt like I already knew you. I would have loved to share a beer with you. Perhaps if our paths cross again, we can do that. That would be great, Lenny. And in fact... Uh, probably not out of place at at uh, you know three o'clock in the afternoon inside an AAU gym to be sharing <laughs> a beer out of a, out of a paper bag. True, uh, Rebecca. We hope your son's tournament went well, and we hope to bump into you at a game soon. Um, in fact, immediately after the game in which uh, Liz's toddler was running around, mm-hmm. our youngest and I drove to Boston for our son's AAU game because you had to be in Brooklyn for the that's it's right. called the Liberty game and. um... In the infinite wisdom of AAU basketball, our daughter's game's an hour away from home. We're at 9 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. Right. <laughs> Not sure how we were going to kill that time in between. Um, kind regards, Lenny from Stratford. And, and in fact, Lenny uh, attaches a picture, a photograph of our kid reporter, Julianne, and our daughter, uh, which I I forced them to pose for after the game. Great picture. It is a great picture. And, uh, and I took one with my phone. They took one with their phone. And... Um, and this was a meeting of the extended ball and chain family. That's that is the, the Lenny's is the final email uh, this week, but of course, um, as always the the, um, the end of your mail is reserved uh, as it as it remains for dr Gary Siegel and so maybe just, it'd
1: be nice if everyone right now just keeps dr Siegel in their thoughts
0: yeah and again the 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 uh viewer mail address is what is it, Rebecca? Ball and Ball? And
1: chain pod at gmail dot
0: com at gmail dot com um dr Siegel's daughter was kind enough to respond to when we when we uh wrote back extending our best wishes and um uh, sent a short moving email about um Dr. Siegel's uh, frequent mentions of you know this podcast and they're, they're I think just endearingly I, I just love it because it reminds me so much of my family their uh, uh, I think their tolerance of his, <laughs> his yes. uh, role that we've come to uh, love here at uh, Paul and Shane so please keep him in your thoughts and prayers and um, thank you as always for having us in your car or earbuds or airpods or whatever those things are called and um that's all we have for this week producer denny gallagher thank
1: you tom dick please play us out
2: (laughs) sing says no pain no gain and we found that to be fact Road might twist and turn a bit But we all arrive intact Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad Having each other's back Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and a family pet Live in its cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test And drive to this what While we give For a little rest Stay by day Just to keep it same. Who's the ball And who's the chain It's hard to tell Right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell Right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell Right here on
0: Happiness Lane